0: All right, my peoples, this is your man L. Jamal, which means it's time for another edition of Never Out of Bounce. This is a place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you've got them facts. We're going to get your week started off right with the world on the street as we always do. Uh, we have a lot of things to discuss today, so we got some rapid fire notes to go over as well. Uh, but let's get started, started with these main stories. Now, Sunday... At three, Ukrainian warships uh, were entering the Kerch the Strait, excuse me, in the Black Sea, and they were apprehended and shot by Russian warships. Uh, that there also were twenty-three. Uh, 23 Ukrainian sailors captive, and six members were also, in, uh, were also injured. Now, yesterday, uh, the president of the Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, uh, announced that there will be a vote for martial law, and the rest of the government decided to vote along with that and coincide with that, so they will be uh, preparing to get ready uh, for any type of full-scale Russian invasion. Now, like I said, the Ukrainians were entering Russian territory. They already had a tugboat. And a um, and two artillery ships, which leads me to believe, why would you go up in there? Uh, they came into the territory. They again, not to see if it was a cargo ship or a passenger ship uh, going through, and the Russians decided to uh, to 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 bomb them anyways uh but this was like i said two two t- uh tugboat excuse me and two uh armed ships so uh of course the russians will feel violated if you were coming into their territory with armed vehicles so i'm trying to figure out what the beef is between those two uh particular two guys uh two countries that is uh again uh Russia always has that that firm influence over there of course uh it was, once it was the U. once at one point in history when it was the Soviet Union Ukraine all those places were actually a part of the Russian conglomerate so uh, again there's there's you know definitely some it seems to be some definite you know hangover or layover from those eras from from that era uh but again I'm not too sure why the Ukrainian forces decided to go into Russian territory with armed ships. Uh again the UN called uh, also the UN called a uh, special security meeting uh yesterday as well in New York City but there was no real um no real conclusion to come from that. Uh nobody really knows what to do at at the moment. They are speaking out against Russia but they haven't taken any real action. And of course this is all just you know going into you know that You know, these are all events that are leading to what people are saying could be the next World War. Of course, we've already uh, established, uh, that you know, issues with China and America, of course, starting with the tariffs. Of course, now that Russia is showing these acts of aggression, I'm pretty sure everybody else is looking at that as well. Uh, I I really see this as as a power play by Russia, especially now with what's going on uh, with Europe. Uh, More notably, the European Union might. Uh well we know for a fact with Brexit going on uh the well Britain actually which means Britain is actually leaving the European Union and then you see uh all the turmoil going on in France with this social uprisings uh you know richer I mean sorry upper class lower class that mentality is still there so you see two prominent. Uh, European countries, you know, going through it, uh, Europe, the European Union, as I said, as a whole is kind of falling apart uh, with all these different ide- ideologies going on. And I think Russia is trying to make a play to be one of those, you know, well, the biggest factor, uh, at least in that world sphere. And of course, you know, that's going to lead into uh, conflict with other countries, more notably the United States. Uh, again, uh, how close are we to uh, World War Three? I hope uh, we're, you know, I feel like we're inching uh, to, towards some type of uh, reaction. However, I don't know if it's going to be a full scale war. I've done a little bit of research on that, of course. Um. There's a lot that, that could be said. Uh there was I did come across an article that said the US might be in trouble if they were to face any uh real serious military action against Russia or China. However, uh with the research that I've done, honestly, I trust our technology. I trust our ingenuity. I trust that we have one of the high we have the highest GDP in the world. Uh it's just I, my my issue right now is that we're dealing with somebody uh, with no real diplomatic skills such as Trump. Uh, he gets no real respect. And you can see where the world is is, is trying to operate based on uh, trying to make sure he doesn't get any influence. He's no longer a factor. Uh, I think. If we were to get beat on, if we were to, you know, suffer any type of ill, I think it would be with Trump's mentality of he could just go in there and, and just. You know, bomb up everybody, or you know, take over. Again, this is one of the main things that Russia has been complaining about as well. Over time, uh, they've been, you know, very vocal about, well, vocal against the U.S. being the world uh, police, being the world parent. Uh, more so, wanting the U.S. to take, you know, to take care of itself and stay out of people's business. Uh, and I think, you know, that behavior alone is pushing all these other countries. Again, I've talked about uh, China; uh, they just developed their Coast Guard, it's basically another Navy. And I think, again, it has a lot to do with who we have in power right now, kind of flexing his might and making people feel a certain type of way, making them feel like they have to uh, arm themselves or eventually come after us. It's a mentality that's being, uh, you know, pushed out there. And I think that the mentality alone is what's dangerous and not even necessarily what's going on right now. Again, I'm not saying the Russians – Uh, you know they're all innocent, but at the same time I would not be you know sailing into somebody else's territory with armed ships or with any type of weaponry without expecting some type of reaction. So, again, uh, are we getting closer? Uh, Possibly, but then at the same time, you know, people are you know they're feeling. They're feeling froggy right now, so somebody's gonna have to leap. Somebody's gonna leap eventually. That's how I feel about it. Um, and more news. Uh, we got some news from the U.S. border coming from yesterday. Uh, migrants were met by Mexican police and Border Patrol uh, agents in Tijuana. Sixty-nine people were arrested after protect projectiles started to be thrown by a group of migrants, and there were also uh tear gas and rubber uh, bullets being used. Now I know all the images are gonna tell you. Uh show you all the the children crying, and of course, there's no real um i'm not too sure you know where uh the violence came in in terms of the migrants attacking any personnel uh again like I said. This all started with what claimed to have been migrants throwing projectiles at people, still trying to, you know, knock people over to get to the, um, get to the actual border and over the border. Uh, agents say that, uh, migrants were uh, trying to cut through the fence and also climb over it using carpet. Uh, six thousand people, uh, as of now, are in shelters, and two thousand more are already, uh, volunteering, plant, uh, voluntarily, um, going, voluntarily going back home. Uh, now Mexico's minister, uh, minist- ministry of the interior confirmed that 98 migrants will be deported uh, because of violent behavior of that group and um they also oh well because well this is the quote here because of violent behavior of a group of migrants who tried to attack and injure officials who are guarding the border now u.s and international laws allow people to claim asylum based on persecution uh this is this is a an after a or a well-founded fear of furniture Uh, future persecution because of race religion nationality political opinion or particular social group as we can see in the rest of these uh central american countries we see that a lot of these people are at odds and see the thing about it is i would not be so worried well I, i i mean of course, seeing, uh you know, a large number of people moving to our border might freak you out. I get that. That part freaks kind of is freaking. It, I can see that freaking certain people out. But at the same time, my biggest issue is not so much that they're coming here, but there's that many people leaving a certain country to come to another one what is making them leave those countries those are the things you have to figure out those are the things that i would want to address before i say well they can't come here if you can on an international scale help out these countries help improve these countries maybe that's what you need to be doing because i think what leads to a lot of this dysfunction in these other countries and a lot of these people want to leave is already the, the manipulation of outside powers and you know you know the well basically you know, they are exploited. These governments in these, in these Central American countries are exploited by other leaders around the world and other entities around the world. I think that's what leads to more of the situation you see with these people, you know, moving here. Of course, you have cartels. Of course, you have uh, these gangs and all that. They're escaping these, too. I say maybe with out of every 15 or, or 30 people, maybe 50 people, there might be one or two gang bangers. But for the most part, these are people, these are your poor, your tired uh, people escaping political oppression their leaders in these countries now unfortunately those that mindset has to be changed in their countries to the point where they're not exploiting each other on that level but uh, and of course you know the U.S. plays plays its part and I think the outside powers do play its part in some of these countries uh, being uh, where they are in terms of finances low on the bottom on the bottom totem pole uh in terms of that uh but again uh they are there is a history of those countries exploiting their people, and this is why their people are moving. you know I'd be more so trying to address the problem and saying, "Well, you guys can't be here you guys I'm going to shoot rubber bullets at you guys, and all this and that there's a very um i think of course the answers are not you know, easily attainable uh, for this situation. But again, I mean, if we think about it, if we use our brains, we can find something. That I, and one big thing is, I'm trying to figure out what the Mexican government has to do with this. Why are y'all tripping that other people are using your border to get, well, that's not even your border, or using or coming coming to Tijuana to get to America? I mean, my thing is, a, a, a large percentage of y'all population done found their life in America. So why are you trying to be... uh the the security guard for america when all when a lot of your people is has come to america legally and illegally we already know that especially in california that's part of our culture y'all support, y'all claim that y'all own this land that's what y'all say i'm just saying that's that's what is being said so i'm trying to figure out if y'all so connected if y'all made you know y'all benefit. You know Mexicans, if they've come to this country and and made something of themselves, then why are they trying to- pre- prevent other Latinos from coming to this country? I don't get that shit. I don't see where y'all i don't see, somebody has to explain that to me and uh here's about here's a quote for Trump. In case you guys, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard this one. Uh, here's the bottom line. This is the quote Nobody is coming into our country unless they come in legally. He goes on to call these people Stone Cold criminals. Again, this is all part of the the worries is all part of part of the uh psych the psych part of this. When he starts locking up black folk. Him and his DA, because that's what they're going to start doing. After they start deporting Mexicans, they're going to start, and, and other Latinos, they're going to start locking up black people. And I'm telling you, they're going to use all these same type of terms, and y'all going to be sitting there mad. I'm telling you. It's going to happen. Uh, he's also threatening to shut down the southern border permanently. So, he's not even going to allow people to come in and go, leave uh, from the south, from, from Mexico. That's what he's claiming he wants to do. Uh, and finally, one last bit of major news. Uh, the fire out here in Cali is finally out. The campfire in Paradise, California was finally uh, confirmed to be 100% contained on Sunday. 85 people in total have been confirmed dead. Of course, we all know that it started on November the eighth, um, and one thousand uh, sorry one hundred fifty four thousand acres have been burned. Fourteen thousand homes have been destroyed. Two hundred forty nine people are still missing. Now Trump he had his uh, words to say uh, pert- uh, pertaining to this. Uh, we all know about the infamous press conference he had with Gavin Newsom, our new governor, and also Jerry Brown, our former governor. Uh, he goes into forest management and how he's talked to the Finnish leader, so on and so forth. And there needs to be improvements. Uh, about how we do things because of course this shouldn't happen every year what trump doesn't realize is he's because he just doesn't know i don't think he paid attention to school just like a lot of people who post uh who either follow him or just post random stuff on facebook politically charged anyways um forest fires are a natural occurrence in nature um this just is something that happens of course and it's just dry uh dry um dry conditions excuse me and just a lot of foliage this this occurs also it occurs when i don't know com- greedy companies like pg&e leave faulty equipment and faulty uh, uh that faulty equipment you know eventually causes these fires because this is what happened okay this you know trump won't tell you about that he'll sit there and say well we need to um trim and rake and all that well We can do all the things in the world right now, Trump, but if greedy corporations that you keep giving corporate taxes, tax cuts to, and just keep allowing, you know, giving them particular rights that we don't have or don't know about, see, when y'all do that, it undermines whatever, whatever prevention we might do as, as taxpayers, because, see, I know what you want to do. You want to blame us and you want to keep your, you want to keep your, you know, your corporate buddies in power. This is what, this is why I don't vote Republican. Sorry, guys. Because there's no solution. Think about the solution. He said, "Oh, let's rake some more." Really, we need to we need to conserve. Well, I'm sorry. I guess you haven't heard about at well, least in Calif- Northern California, the East Bay Parks District, which all what you ask of that you just compl- that you just said we need to be doing and more. Sorry, we've already been doing that since 19 about 1930. Sorry, Trump. Try again. It was your greedy corporate buddies at PG&E that decided they don't want to take care of their equipment. Their equipment caused the fire, not us. You're a, and the only way you really no, your real way, your your real version of con, of of conservation. Let's be honest. Let's 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 be honest with him. Let's let's be honest here. His real his real concept of forest management is just a a big a big timber industry that's cutting down trees. Okay? That's his way of doing it. That's all he really wanted to say was that we don't have a big industry here that just cuts down our trees all year long and makes money and profits off of it. That's all he really wanted to say. Okay. And for those of you who do not. Okay. For those of you who don't understand what's going on and and why these weather patterns keep changing and why these uh, things happen. Again, this is a natural occurrence stop saying again for the next for the for the next 50 years for the next for, for the next period of your life please i'm going to tell you a term here i, I keep trying to bring this term up because people keep saying the, the opposite or people keep saying the other term that's ignorant that makes no sense we are going through climate change the word is not global warming anymore Stop saying global warming. Thank you, Miss Tremblay, for teaching me the difference. Okay, look, well, we're not we're not going through a global warming period. That is the biggest lie they've been trying to keep pushing, so they can confuse you. There is no global well. There's global warming, but there's also cooling patterns throughout the planet. Hits the name climate change. Stop being. Stop listening to media or stop listening to the contrarians. Well, it's clim It's supposed to be global warming, but somehow it feels cold because it wasn't supposed to be just climate. It's not about it getting warmer. It's getting colder in hella different spots of this planet, too. It's getting warmer and hotter simultaneously in different areas. It's called climate change, and it's caused by greenhouse gases that your boy Trump does not want to regulate. That's why he cut the EPA. So don't, so, don't, so, don't listen to him when he tells you rake some more. No, you t- tell him don't cut from EPA. Oh, tell him about that. Okay, see, that's that's my issue. That's just me okay we got some more quick hits here um like i said a couple more because there was so much news to talk about uh over the last part of the week the weekend and even this uh first part of this week at least the first couple of days so i got some quick hits here three quick stories uh let's get through it trump will boost tariffs by 25% of course, that just exacerbates the situation with China uh moving on, we have General Motors. They will cut fourteen thousand jobs because of low sales uh Ford also also cut jobs earlier this week. Workers in Ohio, Michigan, Maryland, and even parts of Canada will lose their jobs. three thousand three hundred uh produ- um, sorry jobs in production will be lost um by next year in general. So where are the jobs again, I ask, where are the jobs? I thought we were getting jobs. Oh. Okay. I'm waiting. Okay. And finally, uh the bad lettuce, the romaine uh lettuce, uh has been traced back to farms in Central and Northern California. Of course, uh do not consume this, do not buy any uh romaine products, whether it's salad mixes, uh straight up lettuce in, in general, um from these areas. Uh forty three people have become ill, one person uh suffered from severe kidney failure and 16 other people have been hospitalized hospitalized excuse me in 12 different states greenhouse grown and hydroponically grown uh, lettuce or romaine lettuce is safe and for now uh all your lettuce will be sent from either arizona and florida until later on this year when the um sorry when the harvest season in the imperial valley in southern california starts out all right y'all so we're going to take a quick break our first quick break and when we come back we do not have any College football, play, uh, college football playoff rankings yet uh, but until I until I get those I have the top 25 for you guys it's fresh off the presses from the AP and I'm gonna go over those scores as well and uh, as well as going over some NFL news and stats as well and uh, we're gonna finish everything off uh, I do have some Oh, I do have some uh, baseball free agency to talk about, and we're going to finish everything up with some NBA as we normally do. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. Well, it is. We are back. And uh, like I said, before we get into this college football uh, action, now, um, there was, like I said, there was a lot of drama over this weekend uh, in terms of the top 25 teams and teams involved in the college football playoff, more notably Michigan. Uh, when that happened, uh, of course, the commit. I'm pretty sure the committee, uh, I knew they were they knew that Michigan could have lost. There was a possibility. Uh, but again, it usually, it always, when there's a big loss, especially near the, near the end of the season like this, it takes a couple, at least a couple days uh, for them to get a, a actual rankings going that they're comfortable with. Uh, there might even be one le- uh, ready later on today. Uh, or even as we start this, they could have already uh, finished it off. Uh, but again, when there's ever, you know, a couple losses, uh, you know, do some to some crucial teams or at least one team within the top four it takes a couple extra days to get that to get another team uh, you know to take their spot but like I said I do have a top 25 for y'all that uh, that's this is recent uh, for this week uh, but let's get to yeah let's get to that top 25 real quick and uh, number one in the nation of course uh, without any real surprise is Alabama they are 12-0 no, times, no signs are really slowing down uh, they are gearing up for the conference championship game against Georgia that should be a good one uh, that should determine in my opinion uh, I think because if, if Georgia is able to pull that win off if they're not already in the top four, uh, they will be. I'm not too sure who will go over in that fifth spot. I'm uh, sorry, in that fourth spot. I think there was some talk of Georgia. I'm sorry, some talk of Alabama or Ohio State. Uh, but I definitely think Georgia should go there if they're not there. Of course, I'm a, I don't necessarily like the SEC bias. But again, I just know that Georgia is a lot better than Ohio State in Oklahoma. So, I will make a case for them if they're not there. Uh at number 2, we do have Clemson. They are 12 and all they are gearing up for their conference championship game as well. They do not seem to be losing that. Uh, I think they will be playing Miami's pretty easy game. At 3, we have Notre Dame. Uh we they are at 12 and oh They had a close game, another close game against USC uh, last weekend, but again, um, they're looking to, to finish everything out, undefeated, close everything out. Uh, four, we have Michigan. Uh, they are 10-2. Now, mind you, this is not the top four for the playoffs, so I know I, I know they might still be number four, uh, but this is a completely different set of rankings, so don't worry about it. Again, I'll have that college football playoff ranking. Uh, my next episode, which should be tomorrow night or tomorrow morning, more than likely tomorrow night, <clears throat> if not Thursday morning. But, again, I'm going to try to get that out there. ASAP. Uh, we have at number five, like I said, Georgia's number six. Um, oh, Georgia's eleven and one. Of course, they suffered that loss. Uh, I believe it was to LSU earlier this season. Yep, and um, they're looking to get right. And I'm and I'm serious. You know, I tr- I I would I would take them. Uh, you know, definitely in the top t- uh, the top four. They're able to get that win against Georgia. Uh, that win against Bama. Will that jumping over anybody? Uh, possibly up to maybe. Uh, well, maybe not past Clemson. Uh, Clemson will probably be the number one if I, uh if Bama were to lose that game, but they would definitely be a number two. I'm talking about Georgia now. If they were able to beat, um, yeah, if they were able to beat Bama in the SEC championship, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised they finished uh, four. And I'm sorry. Two in the playoff ranking right behind Clemson. Uh, Number six, we have Oklahoma, uh, 11-1. We already know the story about them. Uh, High-powered offense led by Kyler Murray, who has decided to play for the A's next season. Um, And I'm talking about the baseball A's. Yes, the Oakland Athletics. And, um... They don't really have a whole lot of defense, so there, like I said, there is a case for them to be possibly put in the top four. They are dissecting that right now. Again, I'm I'm hope, I'm pulling for Georgia just because I feel like they're the best of all the teams here, uh, outside the undefeated. Um, yeah, and uh, just moving on. Uh, at number seven, we have LSU, Louisiana State, out there in Baton Rouge, A.K.A. Red Stick, Louisiana. Uh, they are currently nine and three. Uh, they took a. A massive seven overtime loss to Texas A and M uh, this weekend. I will talk more about that. It was a crazy game, uh, basketball score. I'll just I'll just keep it at that for right now. At number eight, we have Washington, who are at ten and two. Yes, they recently lost the uh, the Apple Cup, uh, their rivalry game against UW, aka Washington. Uh, again, that kind of took them out of the title picture for the Pac twelve title for the Pac twelve. But again, they should be getting a solid ball game. They are sitting here at number eight, Uh pretty good ranking for them. At number nine, we have UCF, who is eleven, eleven and oh, twenty four and o. That is their what is their win that is what their win streak is at right now. Actually, I'm sorry, twenty three and Uh Again, they are. Proof as to why I think this should be expanded to at least eight teams. I think they'll des- they're deserving. They have been deserving for the past couple of years. And, again, they're just being overlooked because of where they play. And it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, but they are about to go back-to-back seasons undefeated. So you cannot uh, discredit that no matter what. At 10, we have Ohio State. Yes, the upset getters themselves. Uh, they ended Jim Harbaugh's, um, what was that, what did he call it, the revenge tour convincing fashion. Uh their quarterback Dwayne Haskins. I'll talk a little bit about more more about him uh in a second. Uh but I think he reaffirmed his Heisman candidacy. Uh I I I'll get into it a little bit. I'll get back to it in a second. Uh but at number eleven we have Florida who's nine and three. At twelve we have Penn State who is also nine and three. Uh at number thirteen we have West Virginia. Of course they just had another um Another another loss, another big twelve loss, they could not get it done again. All scored all the points in the world could not win them that game. And it's unfortunate. Uh Will Greer was once a Heisman a strong Heisman possibility earlier this year, but just not being able to get it done against these big teams has him, has him off that list has way far off that list at 14 we have Texas at 9 and 3 At number 15 we have Kentucky who's also uh 9 and 3 at uh, 16 we have Washington who's 9 and 3 uh they have won the Pac-12 North of course so that means they will play Utah in the, net, in the conference title game uh <clears throat> because they're 9 and 3 though of course there's no real playoff hopes uh Washington state did have a chance but they're lost to Washington um excluded the Pac twelve from all those from all those conversations but again uh we i think this is one of the tougher conferences in football a lot's not said about us Uh, i think because we play so late uh people don't necessarily get a chance to see us all the time but again there's a lot uh, there's a lot of good basketball i mean sorry basketball i'm tripping there's a lot of good football playing being played uh in the western in the western states now i know um a lot of love is made for the southeast texas and those areas as well and don't get me wrong they they deserve it and i'll even give the midwest some props but please do not discredit the west the west coast i mean we got a lot of good football out here we we've, we've had a lot of there's been a lot of good history of good uh nfl college talent coming from these areas don't overlook us i think it's a. I think oregon has a good shot next year uh i th- i definitely think um Stanford, as well as Washington, has a good chance. Washington State always has a good chance to be on the national scale, so don't count us out, y'all. Please don't. At number 18, we have Mich- uh, Mississippi State. They are 8-4. They beat their rival Ole Miss this weekend, so they are sitting pretty at 18. At number 19, we have Northwestern, who just beat their rival last weekend, uh, the fighting uh, the Fighting Illini uh, out there in Illinois. Uh, they also have number 21, we have Utah State, who's at 10-2. At number 22, uh, Texas a and M is here at eight and four. At number twenty three we have Boise State coming in at ten and two. At number twenty-four we have Pittsburgh who was <clears throat> excuse me seven and five. And number uh twenty-five, we're gonna wrap this all up. We have Iowa State coming in at seven and four. Uh they've had a a pretty solid uh, season. I uh, never, I haven't seen them get seven wins in a long time. Uh, but they should be in. A, they're going to be have. They're going to have a ball game, and um, I will give them the props. Uh, this is a good season that they had. A be- one of the better se- uh, season that they had in Iowa City in a long time. And I wish them luck in their ball game. This does not happen for them a whole lot. Seven wins. That's something. To, that's something to be proud of. In the from a program like that, uh, again. Now let's talk about how these top 25 teams got here. Uh, we got. We're gonna go over some of these scores here, and uh, starting off with number 11, Florida taking out Florida State. 41 to 14 number 12 Penn State. We talked about them. Uh, they went and beat Maryland 38 to 3 Alabama was able to get it done against their rival auburn in the iron ball 52 to 21 Number two Clemson was able to get it done of course against South Carolina 56 to 35 the big story behind that is the fans They got at the Sweeney swing because of his defenses uh, the way his defense performed And he told him that he basically checked the fan base and said look man if y'all not gonna it. I can get the stepping. I don't gotta go through all this. And I and I and I mess with the bruh. I, I agree with the bro. I I stand by him. Um yeah, y'all need to stop complaining. He's number two in the nation. Y'all been going to the the college football playoffs the past well since his inception, I think the year after it was accepted, you've been going there since twenty sixteen, uh so the past three years. So I wouldn't I would not be sitting there complaining. Uh number uh number seventeen Utah uh went actually, uh they got the job done against BYU Thirty-five to twenty-seven. Uh, we have number four Michigan. Like I said, they went down to Ohio State. Uh, in the in the horseshoe, thirty-nine to sixty-two. Now let's break this this game down a little bit. Let's go through these stats in terms of what Michigan did. Shea Patterson led the way passing. He went twenty to thirty-four for one hundred and eighty-seven yards. He threw for three touchdowns and also an interception on the ground. Karan Higdon led the way with seventy-two yards, and uh, fullback Ben Mason and also quarterback Joe Milton ran for touchdowns. Uh. In of receiving, Nico Collins had 91 yards and two touchdowns. Running back Chris Evans also caught a touchdown as well. And on defense, they were helped out by uh, cornerback Tariq Cannell, who had eight total tackles. As far as Ohio State goes, Dwayne Haskins, again, I think he made his his heisman candidacy at least a i'm not too i mean at' least a pro, a possibility i don't think he beats out two of them lower at this point but again a monster game something to put him back on the map he had he went 20 to 31 396 yards and Also got Six touchdowns uh, on the ground. They were led by Mike Weber, who had 96 yards and a touchdown. In terms of receiving, Paris Campbell led the way. He had 192 yards and also two touchdowns. Uh, KJ Hill had a touchdown. Chris Alave had two touchdowns, and their other receiver Johnny Dixon had a touchdown as well. And on defense, they were led by two good. Uh, performances linebacker malik harrison has seven total tackles in a sack and jordan safety jordan fuller had eight total tackles and an int so a good game from uh ohio state um again they gave up a whole lot of points almost 40 uh but just with the way they were able to force um Force turnovers get to the quarterback they look to play a lot better than what they have been playing the last few weeks and again in terms of Michigan I call this in September Uh, again I talked about uh, my last episode I talked about a game that I saw earlier this year uh, when they played against Northwestern that Northwestern showed me told me everything I needed to know about that Michigan that Michigan team and I completely think that Jim Harbaugh is overrated Uh, again yeah you know they 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 should have had this win. Um, again, I think he's been doing. I mean, in terms of his expectations, he's been he's been make, meeting those expectations every year. My thing is he hadn't he has not exceeded anything since he's been uh, back in college football. So again, Michigan deserves to take that L. Uh, they got exposed in a lot of different ways. I think a lot of ways Jim Harbaugh got exposed. So we'll we'll see how this rivalry goes on in the future. But as of today, Ohio State got it done. Uh moving on, we have Northwestern, like I said, they beat Illinois 24 to 16. Uh number 25, like I said, Kansas State got it done against Kansas State, uh 42 to 38. And um this game right here, you will not believe it. Even if I told you the to score. Uh but number 7, te- uh sorry, number 22 Texas A&M was able to get it done against LSU. Check the score out. 74 74- to 72 this game needed third i'm uh, sorry seven overtime to complete of course we are going over the stats for this one uh again for lsu joe burrow he went 25 of 38 uh 270 yards three touchdowns in the air. He also had three touchdowns on the ground and also 100 yards. In terms of rushing, Nick Brosep, he had 61. Your other rushing, your other running back, uh, well, your real running back, Nick Brosep, he went for 61 yards to a touchdown. In terms of receiving, Justin Jefferson had 63 yards and a touchdown. Foster Moreau also had 54 yards and a touchdown. D. Anderson and uh, a and, uh, fullback, Troy Torrey Carter, excuse me, also caught touchdowns. And on defense, they were helped out by Devin White, who had 17 total tackles, and a sack. God damn! These both of these teams were all over the place. I did see the um, the highlights for this one. Again, this was like a basketball score back and forth, ping, uh, pit paintball, uh, pinball, bing, bing, ping, uh, crazy. I don't know what to say. I've never seen a game like this. It's like a video game. It's like two players going at each other, and they're mad at each other, and they're going at each other on NCAA. They just keep scoring on each other. And you have like 15 minute quarters, obviously, because you know you wouldn't. Get, you if you had five minute quarters, you know you ain't putting up no stepping points on somebody. You know that. You know that. Uh, in terms of Texas A&M, you got Kellen Mond who led the way. Uh, he had 23 49, uh, 23 or 49 in terms of passing, 287 yards, six total touchdowns uh, through the air, and also he ran for a touchdown. So these quarterbacks, uh, they're running and they're they're passing and running. So they had to score. They the, when I say points were at a premium, points were at a premium. This was fast and furious. Uh, the coaches ended up fighting one of the one of the fans at the end. LSU coaches fighting a Texas A fan at the end. It it was some drama. Uh, drama on one of the last plays, and you know, it just happens like that. But in terms of rushing the ball, uh, Trayvon Williams led the way for Texas A&M. He had 198 yards, also two touchdowns. Um, in terms of receiving, Courtney Davis had seven catches, 101 yards, and also two touchdowns. Uh, tight end Jay Sternberger had 75 yards and two tight ends, and I swear to God, when I saw his name, when I saw his name on the stash, I was like, oh, this is a for real tight end. Show enough. He was a tight end. I was like, come on, Sternberger, come on. That's a real strong white boy. Middle of the middle of the country, corn-fed white boy. No, no need to be racist, cause you know it's all good. It's all love. He did his thing. He had two touchdowns. I wish I could score two touchdowns in a seven overtime game. God damn. Kendrick Rogers also had fifty-three yards and two touchdowns. Three receivers had two touchdowns for Texas A&M. Come on now, I mean. This is too much. This is too much. Uh, on defense, uh, Renf- uh Renfro led the way. Uh, from the defensive back position, he had ten total tackles and a sack. And also linebacker Otaro Alaka, he had eleven total tackles and two sacks. So again, this game was crazy. I've never seen a game like it. Again, like I said, LSU moves on the uh goes down to nine and three. Uh, Texas A&M moves uh, moves up to eight and four. So. I don't know what to make of this game. I think both of these teams are going to be a challenge next year for anybody in the SEC. I think the SEC, Alabama, you better watch your back because these teams right here, they can score. I'm just saying you might have made it through this year, but next year, Bama, you got to keep your eyes open. Uh, we moving on. Uh, we have number twenty-one Utah State. Uh, they did go down to Boise twenty-four. Uh, number twenty-third ranked Boise twenty-four to thirty-three. Uh, we have number t- uh, number twenty Syracuse taking out Boston College forty-two to twenty-one. Uh, we have number twenty-four Pittsburgh taking a taking a. Upset to Miami 3 to 24. We have number 15, Kentucky taking out Louisville and their state rivalry uh, for the governor's trophy. 56 to 10 is the score for that one. And like I said, uh, Notre Dame number three in the nation gets done against uh, USC, excuse me, 24 to 17, uh, excuse me. All right, y'all, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, like I said, we're going to go over the NFL. I got a couple new stories to talk about. And then we're going to go over these scores as well and then uh yeah we'll move on from there all right y'all hey hey, so i am back again let's get it uh let's go to this nfl news right quick and uh Coming from Cincinnati, I got some bad news for my Bungles fans. Andy Dalton has been placed on the IR with a right thumb injury after le- uh, Sunday's loss. Excuse me to the Browns uh, this year. He's won 21. He's gone for 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 2,566 yards, and a, a quarterback rating of 89.6. Uh, so that's not too bad. His numbers aren't bad, uh, but I think the biggest issue as, as has always been, is just the team as a whole. Uh, they started off the season four on one. They had some. I gave them. I was giving them some props. uh, Of course, they were leading the division. Uh, This is when the Steelers were still trying to find their way in the Le'Veon Bell situation. Uh, This the Ravens were kind of looking strong then too. uh, But again, they started off hot four and one. But now they've gone one and five. So you know, definitely some some real issues here as a team. I'm not too sure what to make of it. They always have these issues. Uh, They'll start off quick. Uh, They'll start off pretty pretty well and then near the middle of the season it starts to fall apart for them uh sometimes they're able to keep it right and go to the playoffs but again they lose in the first or second round so uh what can you make of this team uh not so much and uh this year i don't think they make it to the playoffs again and uh i really think there's this it's that time where they they really should look at uh their head coach right now marvin lewis i mean he's been there for ages and they haven't really done as much as they thought that they should. And, again, he's he's been about average. I think he's like, in my opinion, he's like the black version of Jeff Fisher. He does just enough, just enough to get by. Uh, but, again, he doesn't take that team to the next the next platform. Uh, and it's kind of unfortunate because they do have a lot of talent, as you can see here, for Andy Dalton. There is some talent there. I mean, he's not um, the most, you know, reliable passer, not always. But, again, I think his numbers are, you know, pretty much on par with about I would say, I would say he's maybe two, maybe maybe two tiers down from your top quarterbacks. He's not that bad, and a playoff a playoff win would do a would do wonders for his career. You 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 would you guys would be surprised, but I I think it would do a lot for his career. Um, but in terms of his replacement, uh, they, recently t- uh, they recently signed Jeff Driscoll, who's I think the only thrown for about 154 yards in total. I think he's a second year quarterback out of Florida, of course. I know he's out of Florida, but I think this is his second the second year. And uh also they've signed up, they signed up Tom Savage. So I believe uh Driscoll will be your starter. Uh Tom Savage will be uh your backup for that. That's what I'm hearing right now. Either way, it's crazy, and it's just unfortunate for these guys because, again, they do have talent. Uh, they have a solid running game. They have pretty decent receivers. They do have A.J. Green out there catching passes, and, again, that defense has always been at or near the top every, every other year. I think this year is probably – I think might be the only year that they've been struggling defensively, but um, moving on. We got Jacksonville. And uh, head coach Doug Marone has made Cody Kessler the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, They are currently three and eight with a seven game losing streak. They also fired offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. This is coming from the words of the coach here, uh, Doug Marone. Uh, This is what he has to say about it. It's not a knee jerk reaction. I think he's lying. I think it is. I really, because I think if he really wanted to do it, he could have been done it. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, we've done all the homework. I think the league has done homework on Blake Bortles. I think y'all have done y'all homework on Blake Bortles. Y'all knew what y'all was getting into when you, well, at least a few seasons after you drafted him. I knew what you guys were getting into. I don't know, to say that you, it wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. I think you kind of, well, I think maybe it wasn't. Maybe I think he was planning on doing it. I just feel like it should have already been done. This is what I'm saying. I really feel like at the end of the day, we've got to try to get better production out of our passing game or more consistent production in our passing game. So I feel like he's kind of over, he's kind of double-talking himself because, again, I think he's put himself in the corner. Uh, Again, he's one of those, again, I don't really think all these guys are great head coaches, and I don't think they're really great talent assessors. Um, So with that being said, he's double-talking because I feel like he just, he, he failed to make the right decision at any point in dealing with, Blake Bortles, I don't think he's all that great now of course uh he has broken the franchise record in terms of passing touchdowns and also passing yards which is crazy but again you got to think about who I mean who's played quarterback for those guys like who can you really say was the best Jacksonville quarterback Mark Brunel in the 90s uh you can make a case for David Garrard or a Byron Leftwich possibly but then come on now these guys are not that <laughs> great overall, but anyways, more back, more of more about Blake Bortles. Uh, he's twenty four and forty at a starter, which is part of my point. Uh, this season, uh, he's thrown for less than one hundred fifty yards in four of six games. Uh, so far, his numbers are looking like this: thirteen touchdowns, ten interceptions, and he's twenty fifth in the league in QBR with forty nine percent. So. He's trash, like, and he's, and he's definitely part of the reason why, one of the main reasons why that team is losing. Again, I think that running game, um, is a little bit less dynamic than it was last year. Of course, Leonard Fournette was out for a long time, uh, but it looks like even with his return, it doesn't seem like he's doing a whole lot. Uh, that might be partly on the O-line, um, they definitely did not get help this season in terms of picking up any receivers. They have, they don't have any of that um, right now. They have no receivers, and this is why I was going into this season. This is why I said uh, when I was doing these conferences these divisional previews uh, that I definitely have Houston as that number one because I looked at that receiving core that they had in Jacksonville. I said they have nobody, and uh, they already have a a kind of. Well, I don't want to just outright, because it's hard. I don't want to be disrespectful about somebody who, you know, who gets paid to do this, and I don't do it, Uh, but Blake Bortles is not that great of a quarterback, you know, just number-wise, and if you just put him in a situation where he doesn't really have anybody to throw to... Really, what did you expect? Robert Woods went out on IR. Um, I'm sorry, not Robert Woods, but Marquise Lee uh, went down from them. And I'm sorry about that. That was confusion. They both went to USC, so I didn't mean to, to, to throw anyone off. But uh, with the injury to Marquise Lee, I, I pretty much took them out of the running for the, uh, the AFC South. I, at that point in time, I said, oh, no, I got to go with Houston. Uh, but anyways, uh, Blake Bortles does lead the league in turnovers with ninety three, and also in interceptions with seventy four. So, um, you know, Jaguars looking to make a change, and hopefully it it helps out helps them out in the future. Uh, moving on, uh, let's go over these scores real quick over the over the weekend, and uh, let's start off with the Jags. Uh, they did take another loss to the Bills, twenty one to twenty four. Uh, the Seahawks were able to beat the Panthers 30-27. Uh, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, uh, they are able to get another win against the Raiders, 34-17. Uh, the Buccaneers, uh, they went 27-9. They beat the Niners. Um, we also have the Browns, like I said, they beat the Bengals 35-20. Uh, the Patriots get it done against the Jets in some AFC East Divisional action, 27-13. Uh, we also got, um, sorry, yeah, we got the Chargers beating the Cardinals 45-10. Uh, we have the Browns, Broncos getting a little a minor upset against the Steelers, 24 to 17. Uh, we have the Colts getting it done uh, at the last minute against the uh, Dolphins, 27 to 24. And uh, we have the Vi- I'm sorry, yeah, the Vikings beating the Packers, 24 to 17. Let's break this one down a little bit. Um, in terms of the Packers, what they were able to do, Aaron Rodgers went 17 to 28 for 198 yards and also a touchdown. Um, in terms of rushing, Aaron Jones at the way with 72 yards, also a touchdown. Um, in terms receiving Devontae Adams had 69 yards and a touchdown and on defense Blake Martinez had 13 total tackles now um you know just watching at least the highlights I went over the highlights of this game and watching what the Packers were able to do i 'm not convinced with this team. I think this team is is nearing the end of this rope i 'm not too sure if we want to blame you know Aaron rodders or the coaching, uh, but one of those guys, just like in the situation uh in uh, Tampa Bay, uh, one of those guys either it's either it's the coach or really the quarterback that's bringing that entire team down i, I don 't know uh, I do know that they would benefit from not dealing with each other for the for, for foreseeable future. Uh, what I saw was ugly. What I saw was uninspiring. Uh, of course, the game was kind of close. But again, I just felt like the entire time the Vikings had the edge. And uh, they did. They, they they did. Um, Offensively, defensively. Uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is, is leading a lot. Of course, he's he's the main guy that will always tell you relax, stay cool, stay calm. Uh, I think a lot of this stuff is getting to him. You know, he got all this drama with his brother going on. Uh, Him calling him out. Um, some fuckboy shit, um, and also just in general, just the team itself. And he's he hasn't been able to have that 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 you know that closing factor when he's able to get it done for his team. And regardless of the situation, win it for his team. I haven't seen that that gutsy side of him just yet. I think you know mentally he might be out of it now. That I will agree with a lot of the pundits on, a lot of the sportscasters on, and everything like that. The experts. It does look like he's not he's not feeling it right now. You know, just with the way he he's he, his, uh just with the way his overall play is looking, you can look at his body language. I don't think he's feeling it anymore. Uh, but moving on. Uh, in terms of the Vikings, we got Kirk Cousins. He went 29 of 38 for 342 yards and three touchdowns. So a decent game from him. Um, you know, again, you get what you get with him, and I uh, I think he's 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 better than a lot of he's better than a few different quarterbacks but again he's definitely a couple tiers town from the from the best of the best uh latavius murray didn't do shit just added 33 yards um in terms of receiving adam Thielen had eight total catches 125 yards and a touchdown uh Stephon Diggs also had a touchdown as well on 77 yards and running back Dalvin cook also caught a touchdown pass as well and on defense they were helped out by cornerback xavier Ru- uh, xavier woods excuse me who had five total tackles and also sheldon richardson not the defensive tackle. Defensive tackle position is using seven total tackles and two sacks. Alright. Uh we got one more score to go over. Of course, the Monday night matchup uh between the Texans. Oh, I'm sorry. In terms of records, the Packers move on to four and six and 1, of course with the tie. Uh the Vikings move on to six, four and one course with that tie. They both tied each other earlier in the year. Alright, so we are moving on. Like I said, uh the final score here. Uh the Texans were able to get it done. 34 to 17. I think they they do their part to put a firm Firm, firm grip on that AFC South. I think that they got it. I'm not too sure what the Colts got up their sleeve, but as of right now, I got the Texas winning that division by 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 a good margin. Uh, Texas move on to eight and three. Uh, Titans move on to five and six. Excuse me. Uh, let's break down these stats though. Marcus Mariota went twenty two of twenty three for three hundred and three yards and two touchdowns. So, Marcus Mariota is coming along as a passer. I just think it's unfortunate. I think, uh maybe, maybe they need to help out, get some help out, running the ball or something, because he had a good game numbers wise. I can he only missed one pass, dude. I. I gotta give it to him. He played a pretty damn good game. He needs a team around him. Uh, but speaking of which, in terms of rushing, uh, wide receiver Corey Davis led all rushes with 39 yards. So there goes your culprit right there. Um, in terms of receiving, Corey Davis did lead the way there as well with 96 yards. But he did able was able to get a touchdown. Also, John New Smith got 63 yards worth of catches and also a touchdown as well. And on defense, they were helped out by two members of their two members of their secondary, Logan Ryan at the cornerback position with 11. In total tackles, and also their safety uh skinny had eight total tackles and a sack and as uh as for the Texans, Deshaun Watson of course he played a pretty good game going 19 to 24 uh, 210 yards two touchdowns and also on the ground Oh, he also had 70 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground as well and in terms of rushing Lamar Miller led all the running backs with 162 yards and also a touchdown in terms of receiving DeAndre Hopkins did his thing he had 74 total yards and Demarius Thomas the new pickup from the Denver Broncos of course he's helping them out tremendously he had two touchdowns that game uh, last night and on defense. They were helped out by, of course, their all-star, uh, T.J. Watt, who had nine total tackles and one and a half sacks, and their linebacker, Benardick McKinney, also helped out. He had uh, a sack as well, and as a team, they had five total sacks, so a good game from them. They got out to the quarterback, and they got... Um, They weren't able to force any turnovers, but they were able to get to the quarterback. And again, a good game from them. Um, They kept them under 20 points, so that's a good victory. So, definitely, good game from the Texans. I pretty much see them winning that division. Uh, No wild card for them. The Texans, I mean, sorry, the Titans, that's for the Titans. Again, what I took away from that game is Marcus Mariota. He's not that bad of a passer. He is coming along. Uh, I think he does have some solid receivers with him and Corey Davis and that tight end Johnny Smith. I like both of those guys. They, they scored touchdowns in the past couple of games that I've been following by them. Um, they definitely need a solid run game. Eddie Lacy or whoever they got right now. Uh, oh, Derrick Henry, excuse me, another Alabama product. Uh, they're not doing it for him right now. I think they got Deion Lewis there, too, uh, who's I like him because he can catch the ball as well out the backfield, but he cannot necessarily get yards in between tackles and just and just move the ball up the field. And I know everybody's saying, "Oh, this is a pass-friendly league." I'm sorry. That team who wins that Super Bowl, they're gonna be able to do all that. So they're gonna be able to run the ball and pass the ball. I'm sorry, y'all say that now. I know how football is won. I've seen it done before. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You gotta have somebody who can run the ball and get some type of yard. That you gotta be able to be able. to be able to balance this out uh but anyways we're gonna take a one last quick break and when we come back uh we got some uh MLB news to talk about free agency to be exact the Atlanta Braves are making their splash for the offseason and then we're gonna finish everything off with some NBA scores all right y'all we'll get back to it all right y'all so in the words of Larry the Cable Guy let's get her done i got some mlb free agency to go over and the atlanta braves have made their offseason splash they have decided to pick up two all-star veterans uh one being third baseman john uh, josh donaldson they signed him to a one-year 23 million dollar contract man i think when i have a son i think i might forget wanting to get him to play football i might want him to to be a pitcher or a first baseman because that's money right there. Le'Veon Bell is getting seventeen million. He wants seventeen million. Josh Donaldson can get twenty three and he don't have to put in as much work. Or Risk his body like that. I like that. But he uh, he did suffer some for some injuries last season um, that kept him in the 52 games, uh, but he did really well offensively. He had a 280 average, and he also had a 559 offensive percentage, which means he can hit. Uh, he can hit for contact. He can hit for power, of course. He can get on base. Um, for those of you who do not know, or for those of you who are in the know about baseball, of course, this is the same Josh Donaldson that won an MVP, I believe, in 2015 for the Toronto Blue Jays. He also spent some with the Oakland Athletics as well and I saw a lot of him as an athletic I thought he always had a good bat uh, carried a good bat, hit for decent power, Uh, he had some decent home runs, a decent number of home runs when he played for the A's, Uh, also with Toronto as well Um, now he's looking to to get a long term contract uh, since he only signed a year Uh, of course it's big money but uh, again he wants to sign a long term contract eventually and I think you know the numbers that he put up last year, despite injury, were really good. So I'm not. I, I don't see why he doesn't get it. I don't. The question is, where would he want to play next season when we get there? But with uh, Atlanta, with who they already have, with Acuna, they also got uh, Freddie Freeman. They have a solid team. I would not be surprised, especially if he, again, has a great season. He stays healthy. They're able to win the uh, NL East again. That he does not want to sign as a big time contract. I think. Uh, Depending on how the season goes, I think we're looking at one-year, a, a new, at least a long-term, a long-term Atlanta Brave right here. Uh, they also signed catcher Brian McCann to a one-year $2 million contract. He is a seven-time All-Star from 2015, uh, t- I'm sorry, t- from 2005 to 2013 and he also played with Atlanta. So this was all during his tenure with the Atlanta Braves as All-Stars. Now last season, uh, that was his lowest, it was some career lows that year. Uh, he did uh, suffer an injury that forced him to get surgery in July and it limited him to 63 games but again like I said these were career lows and averages uh, which was 212 Uh, he also had 7 home runs which was a low career low and also 23 RBIs which was a career low but like I said he suffered a right knee injury which kept him only to 63 games he could have played a lot better now also with that being said he was a factor. I'm not going to say he was a prominent factor but he was a factor on that World Series Astros team a couple years back so he definitely can put up some production uh, a lot of his production was done with atlanta uh he's still relatively i mean he's not relatively young uh but he definitely in terms of hitting i think he still has that and with that lineup, like i said what they already have they got some extra hitting they got an extra power hitter i think that looks good for them um yeah, look for the Atlanta Braves. I think I think with just what they've been able to do with who they've been able to keep and just with these two signs right here, uh I think they can win the a, the NL East again. So look out again, uh look out New York, unless you make a big uh can make a big trade for Sonigard or something like that. Uh I, I, I got Atlanta winning that division again. Uh but moving on, uh we have oh before I uh get into this NBA, I got two more um uh, stories to talk about for this free agency. Uh, the New York Yankees are interested in both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. I know I've already said that, but they've been talking to both a lot more recently. Uh, they've recently they also met up with either Machado. They're gonna be meeting up with Machado either today if they haven't already met with him. So one of those teams, uh that team might be close to getting one of those two guys so when that happens i'll be definitely sure definitely sure to let you guys know uh but as far as now those are the only two signs major signs i can come across at the moment Uh, i talked about some uh a couple weeks ago from CC Sabathia with the Yankees. But so far, so so far, not too much going on except for these, uh except for the Braves right now. Uh but moving on to the NBA. Let's go through the scores uh from last night. Uh the T-Wolves got it done against the Cavs 102 to 95. Uh the Bucks lose to the Hornets 107 to 110. the Wizards, uh, they got it done in overtime against the Rockets 135 to 131. Uh, let's break this one down a little bit. Uh, As far as the Rockets, James Harden had a, a, well, he led all teams in scoring with 54 points, 13 assists, and 8 rebounds, so a really good game from him. Uh, Eric Gordon also had 36 points as well. Uh, Clint Capella got a double-double for them with 17 points, 14 um, rebounds. As far as the Wizards, John Wall led all scores for them with 36 points. He also had 11 assists, uh, so doing this thing excuse me, doing this thing as a teammate. Um, I know a lot's been said about that, but he always gets a good, a good number of assists. So he's really a team guy. It's just he's on a bad team. So there you go. Uh, Bradley Beal also helped out with 32 points. And Markeith Morris, he had 22 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, we'll just move on to 8 and 12 on the season. Rockets are now standing at 9 and 10, so one game below 500. It's been a rough road for them. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna be able to do. Uh, it's been, a, it's gonna be, and it's just gonna get tougher. It's just gonna get tougher. Uh, moving on, we got the Bulls beating the uh, sorry, the Spurs beating the Bulls, one hundred eight to one hundred seven. Uh, the Pacers blow out the Jazz, one twenty one uh to eighty eight. Uh, the Magic. Uh, they come up short against the Warriors. They had a really uh, they had a 16-point lead, if I'm not mistaken, uh, going into that fourth quarter. Uh, but they end up losing by 16. Uh, 116-110 is the final score there. And finally, we got the the, uh, the Celtics, excuse me, getting a good win against the Pelicans. Um, 124-107. to Let's break that one down. Uh, we got Kyrie Irving. Uh, he had 26 points, 10 assists. He also helped out with five rebounds. Uh, Al Horford had 20 points, four rebounds as well. And Jason Taylor him, he had 20 points and 7 rebounds and uh, as far as the Pelicans go, Anthony Davis, of course, he leads the way, 27 points 16 rebounds, 5 assists so phenomenal. I like those numbers. I, I like his stat sheets. I, that's just me. Uh Nikola, the mirror Nikola Mirtic. He had 25 points, five rebounds. Of course, he's one of their second best play- I think he's the second best player on that team. So much he can do. Uh inside, outside, mid-range jumpers. I like it. He can play a little bit of defense as well. Nikola, that's my boy. And also finally, we're rounding this out. We have Julius Randle, 15 points, 5 rebounds off the bench. And uh again, Pelicans go down. Uh Celtics, they move on to eleven and ten for the year. Uh Pelicans, they are at ten and eleven, so they are also below five hundred. Uh, you know, it's just a tough a tough year for a lot of these teams. You know, a lot of these teams that we expected to be good. Rockets, Celtics, they're struggling. Uh, Pelicans, they're taking a step back as well this year. Uh, they were supposed to be well, they were a big time playoff. Well, they did beat up on the Blazers last year. Uh but again, uh just a it's funny what a year, what a few months can do. Funny what all season can do. All right, y'all. So we're going to wrap this up for today. Uh, my next episode, I will be going over those uh, college football playoff rankings. So the top four, uh, we'll be going over that. Uh, also, for the NFL, I got my uh, three takeaways from week 12. I got three questions for week 13. Uh, we will keep the free agency tracker going. There, I, Like I said, uh, the Yankees have been talking to Bryce Harper and many Machado, so I'm. I have a feeling one of them are going to be going uh, within the next couple of days. Uh, I have. I, I've been meaning to get some college fo- uh college basketball stuff going for you guys. Uh, keep a keep keep be patient with me. It's a it's a long process. This is you know this it takes a minute to get all these this information together. But give me a second. I will start. Uh, we'll start having some college basketball rankings, some college basketball scores for you guys, and uh, also for the NBA, I will be going over the standings. uh, Uh. the middle of the week as well so i will be back soon i will be trying to i will try to be back either wednesday morning or wednesday uh night possibly even thursday morning just to, depends on how long it takes me to get all this information together i do work as well so bear with me but if you do want to keep in contact with me uh, you can always holler at me on facebook l uh, johnny e l j a m a h a d j a n i you can also hit me up on snapchat just simply j butler the instagram is coming so once that is made i will let you guys know about that all right y'all if anybody hasn't told you yet today i love you you guys make sure to treat each other well and i am out peace out one love